Knights to the offensive zone to Donoff. Between the legs, pass, White Cloud scores! Two goals for White Cloud! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Works to the middle, he shoots, he scores! What a move from Nick Three to one, Golden Knights! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millar and Ryan Wallace. Music is pumped up at T-Mobile Arena as we get set for tonight's encounter between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Vegas Golden Knights. Last game for a while for the Vegas Golden Knights. Won't return to action until next Monday against the Pittsburgh Penguins and finishing out the road trip uh, against the Montreal Canadiens uh, a couple of days uh, later uh, on Thursday night. So a chance to empty the tank tonight, and they will be leaning on their veterans uh, more than they even anticipated this evening due to the news that Nicholas Waugh along with Shea Theodore and Nolan Patrick, have all been placed into COVID protocol. That is the uh, big news this afternoon, which uh, comes on the heels of the big news this morning that Jack Eichel was on the ice for the first time with his teammates doing drills, wearing the red non-contact sweater, and uh, joining the team uh, in the lead-up to being able to be cleared for contact and make his Vegas Golden Hockey uh, Golden Knights uh, debut uh, at T-Mobile Arena. So uh, there's a, a couple of different fronts that we will attack. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace uh, at T-Mobile Arena. Chris Chapman back in our Fox Sports uh, Finley Chevrolet studio. And this uh, this game in itself is uh, a, a great measuring stick. Uh, I think that both teams, not often that both teams can can use that as sort of a gauge to, to where they are against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who had been going until the stumble against the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be an interesting one for Vegas because you, you, you know, you pull kind of the, the conversation or at least the talking point from Pete DeBoer after the loss to Chicago and, and the different desperation levels that teams have on any given night in the NHL. And for a Toronto Maple Leafs team uh, that is coming off of a game in which they, they – let a 4-1 lead evaporate into a loss against the Colorado Avalanche. There's no shame in losing to Colorado, but the way that it happened for Toronto is going to be something that doesn't sit well with them. So for the Golden Knights, you're getting uh, not just a Toronto Maple Leafs team that's very, very good, but you would imagine a highly motivated Toronto Maple Leafs team tonight too. Uh, Jack Campbell's been great for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, their offense is top seven, uh, which rivals the Vegas Golden Knights, and Robin Leonard is playing really well at the last couple of starts, so I don't know which way this one's going to go, whether we get a low-scoring game or something uh, in the sevens or, or eights uh, for total goals. Uh, but uh, the Golden Knights discussion really does revolve around uh, the first appearance on the ice of the morning skate today by Jack Eichel, who stepped out there with the number nine on the back of his helmet and did drills, uh, ran through stuff with the coaching staff, and then stayed on the ice uh, getting used to uh, a couple other things, maybe uh, uh, just dialing it in with, uh, with a couple of teammates. And uh, it was uh, a great sight to see for a player that uh, almost uh, exactly two months from surgery is skating in a National Hockey League practice. Yeah, I mean, it's it. the recovery so far, it, it seems, and we heard from Jack after after he skated, it, it seems to have been a recovery process that has, has felt pretty straightforward. And, you know, you, you look at this as a major milestone for Jack Eichel, just to get here to Vegas and be among his teammates and how much he's missed just that aspect of, of what he does for a living. 
the the ability to be around the guys, the ability to go out on the road and travel and just be in a locker room. Uh, I thought that that was really telling, that, that those are the things Jack Eichel highlighted outside of just getting on the ice, outside of just getting one step closer to playing. It's everything else that comes with being a professional hockey player that he missed, and, and you, you don't really recognize that. It's the boys. Yeah. You're on the boys. Yeah. Uh, that's what he wanted to do. Uh, Jack Eichel was actually on the ice a uh, little more than a week after the surgery. Uh, he was doing his rehab in North Carolina with the uh, famed Dr. Mark Lindsay, and that's where he spent a, a majority of the time uh, getting ready for this next step. And that next step uh, is now uh, complete as he joins the Vegas Golden Knights. He moves to Las Vegas. He gets settled into uh, his uh, living arrangement and, uh, and mentioned that he went to the grocery store. Uh, <laughs> the, just uh, the, everything that goes around with that part of it. And we'll start to practice with the team and, and go on the road with the team. And then uh, we will see exactly when it makes uh, his debut. But we've got some uh, sound. I want to share with you uh, some uh, Jack, of, Jack Eichel's comments uh, this morning, starting off with uh, just uh, how he felt out there. It felt amazing, yeah. Uh, you know, a bit of an emotional uh, moment for me, just, you know, another step in the process. But this was like, uh, you know, one of the – this is like a kid on Christmas waking up this morning and getting the opportunity to get back on the ice with the guys. And I know there's only a few of them out there and it's an optional learning skate, but, um, you know, just with everything that, uh, that I've, that I've been through, it just, it seems like it's, uh, things are getting back to normal for me. So that's, that's what I've wanted all along. And, um, it just felt, uh, it felt really good to be, uh, be here and, you know, really feel like you're, I guess, part of the group. Like we're talking a top 10 player in the national hockey league who is, oozing enthusiasm mm -hmm. about taking part in a morning skate. That's how excited he is about what is in store for him. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a long time coming. Like, when you, when you factor in that depending on when Jack Eichel gets back into a game, we're looking at 11 or 12 months since his last right. NHL hockey game. That is a long time to be away from the thing that you do incredibly well and that you love. So, I, you know, it's it's not surprising to me that those are the sentiments that, that Jack had on this day, just getting back out there, the ability to practice with an NHL team again. Like, that's huge. It's massive. Second week of November was when he had the surgery, and he shared with us what the last couple of months have been like. You know, the recovery, to be completely honest, was pretty smooth. Um... You know, I was very fortunate to be in the hands of uh, Dr. Mark Lindsay and kind of just let him do uh, do what he does best. And, um, you know, we had a good plan all along and, you know, knock on wood, there wasn't any setbacks. We, we, uh, we, we, we did some, you know, meticulous work, but, um, you know, it, it felt like maybe the first few weeks it was, I was sort of getting used to how I felt and, um, you know, then, then in the next few weeks, it was sort of like, okay, now I'm starting to feel better. And then the last few weeks, it's like, wow, I feel really good now. I think I can, you know, I, I, I almost feel basically back to normal. And, um, you know, at this point, it's, it's been a while since I played a hockey game. So uh, just as many reps as I can get on the ice and um, as, as much practice time and, um, you know, flow and tempo and, and timing, that, that's, that's, that's where we're at now. I have no doubt that he is going to feel like he can play. Mm -hmm. And Kelly McCrimmon was up front with us a week ago by saying he is going to look like he can play. Yeah. 
but it's more about that the bone growing around the disc and and making sure that everything with the neck is ready to go before he takes contact. But uh, you can hear him talk about how good he feels right now, and uh, it's he's going to get a lot of reps. That's mm-hmm. not going to be a problem. It's probably going to be the biggest challenge is being patient. Yeah, and I, I think that you know, kind of the 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 thing that goes without saying here is how Jack Eichel feels in his day-to-day life, that's probably the most important thing here. We, we approach everything from a hockey angle, mm-hmm. but just the fact that he was able to get surgery and now he's living essentially what it would seem like pain-free. That, that is the, the most paramount, biggest thing to come out of Jack Eichel having the surgery. But, you know, as, as you mentioned, like it, it's all about patience now for the Vegas Golden Knights and for Jack Eichel, understanding that this is still a process, it's ongoing, and time is, is really going to be beneficial for Jack. You'll have the ability to be around your teammates. You'll have the, the ability to practice and get your reps so that by the time you're ready for contact, you should be a little bit better integrated into the daily fabric of this team. So he'll be able to do almost everything a hockey player does Mm -hmm. except throw a hit and take a hit. That means uh, line rushes. That means all the drills uh, outside of contact. That means power play reps uh, when you're working on that part. All while he can uh, settle into his new home. Uh, It's an opportunity to really use the time to your advantage and Wait and be patient uh, for the physical part to come along. Here is clip number three. Like I said, it's been, it's been a long time since I played a hockey game. And, and, like, you, and like you said, uh, joining a new team, that's, that's a bit of an adjustment. So, um, you know, I want to make sure, you know, one, I feel uh, physically uh, as confident as I can be that uh, I can play my game. And, um, you know, that just comes with practice time and, and more reps and, um, so I, I'm not a really, I'm not in a rush right now to, to get anywhere. I think at this point, it's sort of a feel thing and, and just continue to build confidence and, and the way I feel and, and my conditioning level and um, my timing. And, uh, you know, I, I think as, as you start to pile days up, you start to feel better and start to feel more confident. And, you know, that's when uh, I think you get, you get closer to, you know, feeling like yourself. And let's slide right over to the benefits of having some time to get used to his new surroundings. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, you know, when I, when I initially got traded at the beginning of November, I was here for a few days, but then took off to, uh, you know, to get my surgery. And um, so I haven't really been around the guys much, tried to stay in contact with them. And, um, but yeah, I think just getting to know people and, um, you know, just continuing to build relationships and, you know, be more comfortable. It's, it's important to be here every day and be around the guys and, um, you know, for me, that's fun. Like, this is what I love to do. I love to be in the locker room. I love to, uh, you know, love to hang around the guys. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've missed this for a while. You know, I haven't had this, uh, I haven't had that, uh, that experience this year of, of uh, you know, what you normally get and, um, you know, going on the road and being with the guys on the plane, on the bus and traveling and in the hotel. I haven't had that experience. And I think, you know, when you have that taken from you, uh, you start to realize how much uh, it means, uh, that camaraderie. And so it's uh, it's nice to be back here and you start to feel it a little bit this morning. And, you know, I had a big smile on my face all day. It's, uh, you know, it's what I, it's what I love. So, um, you know, I'm just really happy that it, it feels, it feels like, uh, you know, things are getting back to normal for me. So I'm very, uh, very fortunate. Every line rush that he takes between now and the first game 
Eichel's career as a Vegas Golden Knights is going to be analyzed, dissected. Where is he on the ice by position? Mm -hmm. Who is he playing with? Uh, what what spot in the order uh, of the lineup? And and that really started today about the the conversation about who Jack Eichel will end up playing with. I mean, yeah, I've obviously been watching the games for the last uh, for the last few months, and uh, it's been it's been really exciting to watch the team. And uh, but there's so many great players in this uh, you know in that locker room, and you know so many great guys that I think I could mesh with and play with. So um, that's not really up to me. I think at this moment, it's it's important for me to put myself in the best position to to be back, uh, you know, at 100 percent, and um, you know help this team win hockey games. The only thing that people are uh, wondering about more than who he's going to play with is when he will play. Mm -hmm. Here's Jack on the target date. Do I have a target date? Uh, I was actually thinking about suiting up tonight, but they wouldn't let me go. So, um, no, um, <clears throat> I wish. Uh, I, I wouldn't say there's really a target date at this at this point. I think it's, um, you know, see how you feel and see how you progress. And, um how confident and comfortable you are. And I think at that point, uh, you know, you'll know, I, I feel like I'll know mentally and physically and emotionally when I'm ready to go. Um, you know, the team, the organization has been so supportive and, uh, you know, not, not putting a, a hard date on when I need to be back or, or when they would expect me to be back. So it's, it's been, uh, you know, very low pressure, just, Hey, listen, you know, we'll continue to do, you know, what we need to do to get you back, uh, where you feel comfortable enough to, to compete. And um, that's sort of in my mindset too. So, uh, you know, no target date. I think, you know, you have different milestones that you want to meet during, uh, during this process. And, you know, today was one being back on the ice with other guys and being here in Las Vegas. So uh, we'll just continue to progress from here and see how it goes. Everything going into the surgery revolved around three months. Mm -hmm. Three months puts you at early February and, uh, and if you go by the date of the surgery, uh, that's February 12th. Uh, that's right in the middle of the Olympic break that was, uh, that will now be filled up uh, with games to a certain extent. The mm -hmm. Golden Knights have four games uh, that have been uh, postponed. Uh, you may see a couple of games from March uh, slid in there uh, as well if no more uh, games are, are, are put to the side. So there's eight more games before that uh, all-star break. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure he gets in before then, but it's, it really does give you an extended runway. There's a, a road trip in there, so he gets used to that part of it. There's uh, the rest of this homestand, then a game on the back end against the Buffalo Sabres, which I'm sure he would love to play. Uh, but there's there's a lot of room for him to get comfortable before he ever plays a game. Yeah, I, I'm not giving up hope that uh, the Jack won't be in the lineup for that Buffalo Sabres game. I just I love the storyline. I love the idea. Uh, but, you know, I, I think if if there's anything that we we understand and recognize from hearing Jack talk today it's that there's there's no hard and fast rule as to when he's going to be ready to go. It's it's all about feel. It's all about making sure that he's ready. And there's no timeline placed on him from an organizational standpoint. It is when you're ready, you're ready, and not a second sooner. So um, there's a lot of the process of day-to-day, -day, everything that he's going to go through as a Golden Knight that's going to get checked off that box as you mentioned perhaps if, if he gets to travel with the team that's something that he's going to learn as far as as what what the protocol is for this team and how those certain things 
differ from maybe mm-hmm. when he was in Buffalo. And I think that there's real merit to getting all that stuff dialed in now so that when he when he's ready to play, there's no surprises. Well, just practices and, yeah. and power play and uh, and meetings, yeah. uh, video sessions, uh, things like that, that, that he'll be uh, on the ground running uh, when the, he plays. And it's the day-to-day stuff without the the idea or the the focus on having to go out there and play and be a difference maker right like you get a break-in period of sorts and i think that that's going to be beneficial for him um in in kind of mitigating the challenges of joining a new team for the first time in his career boy he looks excited oh yeah absolutely he's ready to go and we we heard some rumblings that uh, that he was on his way uh, we were told to expect him in february and then it kind of got out last night uh, that he was uh, rolling into the city. Uh, I wasn't sure whether he would skate today with the team or whether he would uh, hold off and, and, and go at it uh, when they've got their time period uh, before the next uh, week's game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. But uh, but he was he was right out there. At a time today where they, they kind of could they use the body uh-huh. because uh, with Nick Wash, A. Theodore, and Nolan Patrick out for COVID protocol. Yeah, and, and I think just more than anything, as, as much as... You know, you, you, you could use him in practice. Uh, you get a jolt, right? Like, this is an organization that's dealt with a lot of adversity this year. They've dealt with players in and out of the lineup. Everyone's going through it with COVID. We get it. But when you have a day where you're just really not sure who's going to be in the lineup, who you're going to have available to you for a game, uh, you get the injection of Jack Eichel practicing for the first time. I think that that helps buoy some of the – some of the the thoughts and emotions surrounding this team going into this game. Uh, We will uh, watch this one develop. His head coach was uh, also uh, honored with a pretty significant uh, opportunity today as Pete DeBoer was named the Pacific Division coach for the NHL All-Star Weekend uh, coming up here in Las Vegas in early February. And uh, that's pretty cool. It was based on points percentage as of January 10th because Mm -hmm. uh, some teams, it always is that way because nobody's ever playing uh, the same number of games, and this year uh, even more so. But, uh, but Pete DeBoer uh, will represent his, his own city, his own franchise, uh, here in his own backyard. So that, it kind of got pushed to the side when, sure. when Jack Eichel uh, appeared. But that's, uh, that's a great honor for Pete. It's, you know, again, it, Pete DeBoer has come in here, and all he's done is, is win with this organization, win with this team. And, and you look at the job that he's done this year, especially when we – we highlight the injuries early on in the year to Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, William Carlson, and being able to weather that storm, get the most out of the players that you had in the lineup on any given night. Uh, this is a testament to how good of a coach Pete DeBoer is. This season is kind of that that season for him where you look at it and you say, uh, the Golden Knights are where they're at in the standings in, in large, large part to the coaching Pete DeBoer has done this year. Doesn't take the sting out of the Olympic announcement. No. That the NHL won't participate in Beijing, and Jack was uh, was very upfront. Uh, he's not happy that the NHL uh, is not going to participate, or how that went down. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I understand uh, being an Olympic uh, fiend myself, uh, how much that would that would hurt. And I just like going and working them. Never mind uh, actually being an athlete and and participating in them. And uh, that. That Olympic uh, carrot was something that he was always chasing mm-hmm. with the potential of being back and healthy and ready and being able to, to travel to Beijing with Team USA. Uh, now it's shifted to being back and healthy and ready uh, for the opportunity to participate in National Hockey League games. It feels like he's going to skate and Pete DeBoer is going to watch him skate and experiment with different parts of uh, where Jack Eichel 
with the lineup uh, for the next uh, three three weeks, and then the doctors will will come and tap you on the shoulder. Whether it's the scans or whatever tests they do, they will be the ones to say, "Okay, Jack's ready," because the way he looks right now and the way he talks, uh, you, it'd be really difficult to go off the the athlete themselves because not only does he feel great right now but he feels it's it's elevated because he feels so much better than he did before when he had the herniated disc oh yeah for sure and and i think that that's going to be uh you know as, as kelly mccrimmon kind of mentioned to you last week and and just really in general like tempering expectations i mm-hmm. think or tempering um the the impatience that you're going to yes. have to want to see jack eichel play it he's going to look good he'll mm-hmm. look good in practice he will get Every every single time he's out there, he's going to look like a guy that can jump in and play right now. But the fact of the matter is, uh, you just need to make sure that everything's ready to go and, and that you're you're in a position where everything is healed enough in order to take contact. And that's really going to be the the determining factor in, in all this for Jack Eichel. And the fact that he looks so good, the fact that he 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 looks like a player that that is is going to you know hopefully come out of this in very much the same way uh, that, that we expect him to be, a, a top 15, top 10 player in this league. Um, the patience is going to be a, a virtue in this situation because you want him ready to go. You and I have conversations on this show every day, mm-hmm. but we're really speaking with the audience. I'm going to do something different right now. Okay. I'm going to take you out of it, and I'm going to talk directly with the listeners. There are is three more games on this homestand, and then the Golden Knights go on a four-game road trip. Whether you're a season ticket holder or whether you're uh, a game-to-game fan and like to come to T-Mobile, I wouldn't do anything. Like If you have a, a concert, a show, any a commitment, a birthday party, anniversary on that February 1st game uh, against the Buffalo Sabres, I would Right now, just speaking to you directly, I would, at this very moment, start planting the seed that you may have to come here to T-Mobile or listen to the game or watch the game. Mm -hmm. You've got a feeling about that game. He's not going to play before then. I don't think there's any chance he plays on that four-game road trip. But February 1st, and then it's up in the air because there's a the, the game against Edmonton, or sorry, uh, Los Angeles uh, and uh, Colorado uh, will be will be put in. Then they have to make the trip to to Edmonton and Calgary. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna make his debut, barring some kind of setback in February. The only game that I can say that there's a chance of him playing is that one against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So please, please start making alternate plans or excuses uh for that night because there it is it, it, it could happen yeah I'm, I'm with you i mean fortunately i don't have to make any excuses i'll be here yes but but everybody else we got real life uh and and buffalo at the start of the year wouldn't have been one of those games so maybe if you're in a uh, uh a package deal where you got three or four people in on your season tickets mm-hmm. start working for that game if you've given that one up yeah because it wasn't high profile Start working to, to take that one back. Don't tell anybody. Please. Just just start saying, hey, you know what? I'll take that game. Uh, you can have my, you can have my uh, big game against the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, yeah. I, I'm just that kind of person. Yeah, that no, I'll, no. I'll do that for you. I really, I really like that.
Will Sabres. Mm-hmm. It's good. Uh, Pete Board, do you think he'll put in a no Jack Eichel question rule um, in place with his media availability? Like he's got that soft <sighs> rule about the the goalies. Like, don't ask me about starting goaltenders, and don't ask me where Jack Eichel's playing. Uh, it depends on if he's going to announce it on our show. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll have to talk to him about yeah, that. There you go. I know. I know he's excited about the All Star. <laughs> I think that's that's really cool uh, that uh, that he's he's got that uh, that opportunity in this wild, crazy, goofy yeah. goofy year. And I, I just hope that uh, that he and his family, um, uh, maybe the boys, come back uh, and, and his daughter uh, come back from from out east and get to uh, really participate and and be involved in in that because that's that's the cool part is the mm-hmm. casualness of being in and around the event level. With all these superstars uh, rolling around, yeah, I, I, it's it's going to be awesome. Um, I can't wait for All Star Weekend. Uh, just on a personal level, I cannot wait to be in the building. I cannot wait to be um, here watching the talent on full display. Uh, and I, I, you know, I have to believe that that Pete DeBoer is just going to have an absolute uh, ball with it because it's not often that you get to coaching the all-star game at home Mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of the big thing for me is you know this is this is his rink this is where he goes to work every single night and the best of the best the best in the world are all going to be here and he's going to be um just allowed to have fun with it well petro talked about it right yeah Uh, for sure he's been in a couple of them and one was in st louis and it was a totally different experience Mm -hmm. being at home for the all-star game uh, than in somebody else's uh building uh for this game tonight against the toronto maple leafs though uh, it's it's going to be uh, all hands on deck for Pete DeBoer and company, uh, given that they're shorthanded because of COVID protocol, given, uh, I mean, uh, Alec Martinez uh, is out with uh, in COVID protocol, but he hasn't come back from the injury yet, and then three players uh, added today. Uh, this might be one of those nights where, well, we've seen some good positive steps by Robin Leonard. Uh, it might be one of those you got to lean on your goalie for a win. Yeah, I look at tonight's game, and there's two players that, that immediately jump out to me. It's going to be Robin Leonard between the pipes, and it's going to be Alex Petrangelo on the blue line. And you know, I'm not I'm not going to go to, to Mark Stone because as, as much as the forward core is going to be impacted, uh, you have enough dynamic players up front to score goals, especially against the Toronto team. That Your top two lines from the other night are still there. Exactly, and they should be able to score against a team that's a bit porous defensively. That all being said, uh, you're going to need a phenomenal game from Petrangelo with how banged up and how uh, depleted you are on the back end. You're going to need to lean heavily on Petrangelo. He's going to have to have a great game. You, see, you mentioned porous defensively. They're, they're not that, that, that anymore. It's hard to get your head around uh, <laughs> that. Uh, because we're used to them trading chances and playing high-profile uh, uh, games in which the the result goes against them. But that was the first time all year, that mm-hmm. game against Colorado, that Toronto's given up five in a game. And I think in large part that's been due to Jack Campbell, who's mm-hmm. been absolutely phenomenal for uh, for Toronto. But, you know, I just I look at this as, as still a, a Toronto team that, that is, is learning what it takes every single night to, to be that team, that yeah. team that – that minimizes chances enough and gives their goaltender enough uh, in order to not have games turn into 5-4 type, type of game. So I'm excited to see this Toronto team. I really am. You know how good they are offensively, but I'm really excited to get my eyes on Jack Campbell here in person. Uh, Mark Stone, I'll give you an, a reason why you might take him for your night to shine. Okay. More points against the Toronto Maple Leafs than any other team, and it's not even close. He's, he's one and change when it comes to points per game against
Maple Leafs from his time with Ottawa and, and that rivalry. Yep. Uh, he has really performed well uh, against the, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that front. Uh, don't know line combinations in your bottom six is going to be different. Uh, that's going to be uh, all over the place. Uh, Ryan will keep you up to date with that uh, during the pregame warm-up, as well as your, your defensive pairings uh, due to the absence of Shea Theodore. And you know with uh, the Golden Knights not playing again until Monday, that Alex Petrangelo, do we put him down for 30 minutes right now mm-hmm. yeah. and say uh, that's going to be the case? Uh, probably a uh, pretty good uh, situation. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back with one-timers on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Wasn't planning on starting here, but we will go to Buffalo, Jack Eichel's former team. And this has to do with more of the result and what could happen in this game. Tampa Bay is tagging the Sabres 5 Cobb in the second period. But Uka Pekalukunen has already left the game. Buffalo Sabres, a great young goaltender. And now Malcolm Subban has taken over. Uka Pekalukunen left for injury. And Malcolm Subban, do you say he got run over? Yeah, uh, goalie interference, Pat Maroon, and apparently Subban is really feeling it. Well, he's still in the game at this point with 2.49 to go in the second period. What's going to happen is he's going to gut it out mm-hmm. for the end of the second period. Yeah. And then they're going to go to him, and they're going to say, tell me you can go for the third period. <laughs> and Malcolm's probably going to think, we're down 5 nothing. Do I really need this? So there's going to be a conversation that's going to go back and forth between Malcolm, whom, if he feels okay, will be fine to stay in the game. If he doesn't feel okay, and you're going to put your body at risk, then the conversation becomes, where's the Mm e-bug? The emergency backup goaltender. We've had e-bugs on the bench this year. We've had e-bugs in practice this year, mm-hmm. but we have not had an e-bug participate in a game this year. Now, by way of the taxi squad, they should have somebody else around there, but they've been hit with injury. So I have to check to see what's happening uh, during the course of, of the intermission to who is dressed. Is it an actual e-bug? Is it uh, somebody uh, from within the organization? But a development right now, in Buffalo mm-hmm. with the Tampa Bay Lightning up 5 nothing, If they make it 6 before the end of the, the period, I think it it could um, lead Malcolm Subban in a much easier decision. I mean, about. yeah. Like, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening there in the third period. Um, kudos to, to Malcolm Subban for gutting it out to, to finish the, the second period. Uh, but I mean, e-bugs are, are always uh, an interesting story, especially when they end up beating the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, but all that being said, I don't see a comeback in the Buffalo Sabres future. Here, here's the thing, Tampa. This is the worst situation an e-bug <laughs> would come into. Because yes, yes, it is. Uh, we, we saw in Chicago Scott Foster going in, and uh-huh. he preserved a win. He had, he had a big lead. Yep. Uh, David Ayers went in, and he was in a, in a relatively tight game. And yeah. Managed to uh, to preserve the victory. In this game, it's blowoutville. 
yeah. and and you you as an e-bug go in like these guys aren't the other cases they're trying to score two points too but they're also they're playing for you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the i would say the attention to detail in this one the the best thing you'd have going for you would be john cooper calling off the wolves which probably would happen like but i'm not sure that uh, that you want to be going to a game where you're already down five nothing yeah i i feel like in this situation if it's if it's five nothing uh <laughs> and you and you go in as an e-bug in the third period against the two times defending stanley cup champions um that game's in hand like it's not going to change there's 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 no comeback in the buffalo sabers so i think i think john cooper did the right thing i really do and and like whether that means that tampa just you know possesses the puck for 20 minutes and doesn't take a shot on goal that would be the humane thing to do in that situation but we'll see what ends up happening uh suban just made a marvelous save off braden point to keep it uh five nothing sounds uh, like the, the second period is now over five nothing for the tampa bay lightning nick lidstrom mm-hmm. was named vice president of hockey operations for the detroit red wings on tuesday yep going back going back to detroit is there a guy that you'd rather have running your team than uh, than Nick Lidstrom and Steve Eiserman? What a combination that is! No, I mean, there's two guys that did a lot of winning, uh, a lot of leadership, and you know Steve Eiserman's resume speaks for itself. And what he's what he's started in Detroit is is certainly moving in the right direction. So yeah, I, I mean, if you're a Red Wings fan, you've got to feel really good about this newest development with Nick Lidstrom coming back and really what Steve Eiserman's been able to do with this team. Uh, Littstrom said we've had discussions over the last month and a half or so. Uh, it's been on my mind, to be quite honest with you, for a little bit of time. I wanted to get back and get involved with hockey again, especially with the Red Wings, so the opportunity presented itself, and I thought good timing for me and my family to uh, join the Wings again. He's really excited. Yeah, they've turned a bit of a corner. Not back yet, but you can see you can see the, the track to being competitive again, and now with with Nick Listrom just being around the organization uh, a little bit. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, the Oilers uh, and their general manager confident in Dave Tippett not planning a coaching change. That's the first part of the Oilers story in this. It, that's not the kiss of death, is it? Like the, the vote of confidence, the dreaded vote of confidence? Ken Holland very, very rarely, if ever, makes a change midseason. Yep. So I, I think that uh, Dave Tippett's good for the rest of the year. Uh, the Oilers have also reportedly spoken with the agent of Evander Kane. We've talked, Ken Holland said, mm-hmm. and uh, I know Dan very well, Dan Milstein, the agent for Evander Kane. He was Pavel Datsuk's agent, and I've had a lot of dealings with Dan, so I've talked to uh, the agent of Evander Kane. I would say to you this. This is uh, Kenny Holland speaking. As general manager, it's my responsibility to investigate every situation, talk to managers, so I've talked to Dan. This this created a bit of a, a surge on Twitter today. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, you, you know where I stand on the Edmonton Oilers. You know that I think that their, their most pressing need, especially if you're not making a change at coach, is to get a goaltender. Um, Evander Kane, famously not a goaltender. However... Evander Kane is a player that you would expect could probably play with either Dreisaitl or Connor McDavid and therefore add more offense beyond just those two players. So um, I can I can understand it from that perspective, but I don't think it's something that moves the needle for the Edmonton Oilers enough uh, the way that a goaltender would. 
I don't think he ends up in Edmonton. That's just my gut feeling. What yeah. he's telling me. Tuka Rass signed a one-year deal with the Boston Bruins for $1 million. Uh, significant pay cut from his previous contract, but he's happy. And the 34-year-old will back up tomorrow against the uh, Montreal Canadiens. And from there, it's up to uh, Bob Asenza and Butch Cassidy, uh, the coaching staff of the the Boston Bruins. But uh, Tuka Rask is back uh, with the Boston Bruins. The least surprising midseason news you could ever report. Yeah. Uh, Jack uh, Eichel uh, is on his way back, and now Evgeny Malkin to make his season debut for the Penguins at the Ducks. So everybody's uh, coming back and getting into the fold here. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's taken a little bit of time for my New Year's resolution uh, or my Christmas present to Sidney Crosby to come true. But, hey, I said a healthy Evgeny Malkin, and it's it's coming. And, you know, for the Golden Knights, uh, a team that is going to see the Pittsburgh Penguins next week, um, you probably would have liked Malkin's return to have happened, uh, I don't know, end of next week. But... Uh, it, it's a dynamic player, and and for a Penguins team that that has gone on and, and done a lot of winning without him, it, it, it you just you just wonder what they can do with him back in the lineup. Should I let uh, Chris Chapman uh, announce the next bit of news on our one timers with the, with the contract that was awarded today? Yeah, of course. Chapman, uh, I'm going to give you the honors here. Oh, do you want, do you want to do you want to reveal the the contract that was uh, that was signed today by a good friend of yours? I I know that John Merrill signed a contract, but Thank I don't you. know the details of it. So okay, uh, well that that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. So, I just uh, wanted to give you the opportunity because uh, you as as the biggest John Merrill <laughs> supporter that I'm aware of outside no, 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 of no. outside of a relative. No, no, there there is someone on Twitter named Juan Merrill who who is a huge. John Merrill fan, bigger fan than I am. So, uh, but I'm, shout I'm, out Juan Merrill. I'm probably the second biggest John Merrill fan. That, Good for him, that though. You're aware of, yeah, yeah. And look, John John Merrill is a guy who kind of gained a cult following here in Vegas with the hair, the mustache, the the, the video that he had. What was it, uh, Gilligan's Island? Being a hockey player. Yeah, but he was so much cooler than than just that. Like he he had so much going for him. But this isn't just a contract. This is a three-year extension. Yep. And Dean Evason uh, told me when when Minnesota Wild were here, uh, we had a little discussion down low, underneath uh, just outside the Minnesota dressing room because two Manitobans. That's what we do. We hang out. And he said he didn't he didn't really know John that well uh, before John arrived there. Billy Guerin did, and he raved about John. Great teammate, work ethic, smart, and and supports everybody. Uh, and the last part had played really well for them. And for a guy that's uh, kind of uh, bounced with a little bit of uncertainty, that three-year extension is awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. If there's anybody that deserves and, and was looking for, I think, in that moment, stability, it was uh, it was John Merrill, and uh, well-deserved. Congratulations to him. And the cool uh, thing is he, he actually gets a bump up in salary as well because he was, he was on a $850,000 one-year deal. His contract will pay him $3.6 million over the course of the three years. So uh, about a $400,000 bump in salary for John. So uh, that's pretty cool. Per year? Yeah. And, and, and then you add the 3.4 for the next three years, which it was not guaranteed uh, before this deal. It, he, was, he was in that range of playing year to year for a while. 
this is this is great. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for him, uh, pumped up. But we've got tickets to give away to the Pittsburgh Penguins and Vegas Golden Knights next Monday. If you are caller number six, caller number six, no reason at all for that one, uh, we will give you uh, tickets to, to see the Pittsburgh Penguins against the Vegas Golden Knights next Monday, 702-876-1340. Call right now, and if you are the lucky caller, You'll be sitting in this building with us uh, for the first game, uh, well, the next game after tonight. So it's uh, be much anticipated, plus Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and company here. Uh, catching up with Chapman's next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. How are you? I'm good. So tonight, Maple Leafs in town, and and I know you you're you're you've been around the game a lot longer than I have, so maybe it doesn't quite have the same feel for you. But I always get goosebumps when an original six team comes into town, and you get to go watch them because there's so much tradition. And granted, it's been a really really long time since the Toronto Maple Leafs have won the Stanley Cup, but just seeing that sweater, which I which is still one of my favorite sweaters, it's so iconic, you know. I'm going to tell you a, a little story about how iconic it is. I, it's no secret that I lived in Taiwan and I lived in Asia. Very, very difficult to find any hockey stuff in Southeast Asia or East Asia for that. There's not. It's just not a very popular, right? Not a lot of ice in Taiwan. But there is a store that I was in and they actually sold sweatshirts and, and jerseys. However, the only sweatshirt and jersey that they had for an NHL team was the Toronto Maple Leafs? It was made by Roots, and uh, it was yeah, it, it was a long-time uh, Canadian company. Yeah, yeah it, it was in one of the very large uh, Taiwanese department stores, and and every time I went in there, I was like, you know, that's such a cool sweatshirt. I always thought about buying one, but you know, it's not really super super cold there, so you don't really need a sweatshirt. But yeah, I mean, the the Maple Leafs logo is so iconic that the only gear they sold when I lived in. Taiwan was was a Toronto Maple Leafs uh, sweater and uh, sweatshirt. Boy, you must be feeling all goosebumpy right now after the visit by the Rangers and then the Blackhawks. Yeah, and now yeah. the Toronto Maple Leafs. It, it's virtually unheard of that you get three straight visits by original six teams. This is a cool part of the schedule. Yeah, yeah. For for me, it's it's always exciting. I I just love. And then guess who's uh, coming next week? I heard Sid's coming, and, well, Montre- and then Montreal. Yeah, so uh, yeah, three out of four. Yeah, and and it seems like the only team that's won Stanley Cups recently outside of Chicago is the one that's on Monday night. So, uh, couple couple teams of uh, the last decade, and then original six teams. So kind of fun. What's your favorite original six sweater? It's hard to go against Montreal. Yeah, I'm a Chicago guy. Yeah, and the Rangers. No, I uh, I, I I like the Canadians. Yeah. I like Toronto. Toronto. I just big, wish, I wish the Canadians. Would, color. I wish the Canadians would wear the red ones when they came here, though. Ooh, yeah, uh, those are spectacular. Tonight it's the uh, Maple Leafs against the Vegas Golden Knights. The pregame show is coming up next with Ryan Wallace on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Enjoy.